Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to become happier. This week, as part of our countdown to the publication of my book, Life in Five Senses, we'll talk about how we can use the sense of touch when talk is tough and why I now shut my eyes in a store dressing room. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses and human nature. I'm in my little home office in New York City, and joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, who sometimes calls me her happiness bully. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And Gretch, when I say that, I say it with the utmost appreciation. <laughs> I'm glad you're my happiness bully. That's the spirit. <laughs> um, well, I want to remind everybody yes, indeed. My book, Life in Five Senses, is going to hit the shelves on April 18th. As we are wont to say, pre-order early and often. Those pre-orders really matter so much. So if you are listening to this before the book comes out, please pre-order it. If you're listening to it after the book comes out, go ahead and order it anyway. I really do appreciate it. Order early and often. And also because we talk often here on the podcast about using specific dates as a catalyst for reflection or action. And it's often fun when that date has a catchy name, like July 2nd is halfway day. So on April 14th, the Friday before my book comes out, I'm calling that Five Senses Friday as a day to kind of glory and appreciate our five senses. And so all day on social media, I'll be sharing top tips, giving away signed books, I have this super fun a kind of adventure pack mm. that I've created that has all these toys and tools for having fun with your senses, resharing posts, and I'll be hosting some social media live streams. So that is all coming up on April 14th, Five Senses Friday. So join in the fun. And Gretch, you are offering book plates, right, for people who want to buy the book for Mother's Day? Yes, Yeah, and if you're going to do that, you might go ahead and order it now, request it now, because May 1st is really the last date where I can make sure that I can turn this around and get it to you by Mother's Day. So you can get that at happiercast.com slash bookplate. That's where you can request the name that you want personalized, the mailing address. These are actually things I will mail to you. And that's why I'm, I'm sorry, I can only do this for U.S. and Canada because of mailing And feel free to ask for as many as you like within reason. I'm happy to do that for any gift, Mother's Day or for any reason, or for yourself. I love sending people book plates. Yeah, Gretchen, I can't believe we're already so close to your pub date. It seemed so far in the future, and now it's here. So far and then so near at the same time. So this week, our Try This at Home tip is to use touch when talk is tough. Okay, well, you know I love alliteration, Gretch. (laughs) So I love this. Explain what it means. Okay, so we're talking about the sense of touch. And of course, we are talking about appropriate touch. 
So this is welcome touch, appropriate touch. And one of the really fascinating things about the sense of touch is we sometimes overlook the sense of touch, but it's extremely, extremely important. For one thing, babies don't develop properly without touch. And babies who get skin-to-skin contact gain weight more quickly. They sleep better, cry less, get fewer infections. And Elizabeth, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, Liza was born early, and I would do this thing they call kangaroo care, where I would go into the neonatal intensive care unit every morning, and I would I'd scrub in, then I would pull up my shirt, and I would li- literally hold her against my bare skin. Wow. So we had skin-to-skin contact, and it really did feel like I was pouring my life force into her in kind of this mystical way. So that's for babies, but then it's also true for adults that it can help to lower stress, blood pressure, pain, helps our immune system and mood. It can help us sleep better because it can release natural opiates in the brain. This is why things like massage are often associated with health and comfort and pain relief. There's just something really special about the human touch. Totally agree with all of that. And so what is the idea of touching when talk is tough? This is what I found out when I was experimenting with the sense of touch. If you're touching someone while you're having a difficult conversation, it just, it lowers the stress, gives you a kind of more tender atmosphere. It just changes the nature of the encounter. So the way I use it, There are tough conversations where it's like painful, but then there are also tough conversations where they're irritating. So for instance, when Jamie and I are having a conversation about scheduling Mm. this, first of all, we procrastinate forever as long as we can. Then we force ourselves Mm. to do it. And then we're just bickering with each other and we just get annoyed. And I realize if I have my hand on his back or my hand on his arm, or even our knees are touching, It just takes the tension down. It just warms up the encounter. That's so interesting. I totally see that. And I feel like I've done that instinctively sometimes. Yes. Especially when you want to say, look, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I just need to talk about this. Even though I know it's going to be painful or annoying to you. Yeah, yeah. I could see this would work with kids too, if you have to talk to them about something you know they don't want to talk about. Although I will say kids also sometimes don't want to be touched. Right. Sometimes they're like, don't touch me. So I think it depends on where they are and their development. No, it's definitely something you want to be sensitive to. And like, it's a tool that if it's not working, don't force it. Because clearly, if you're sensing that it's making things worse, not better. Yes. And no tool fits every hand. But I think it's, but it is true, you know, of the five love languages, Jamie's is physical touch. And so maybe it's particularly useful with him because he is somebody who really thrives on that. But as you say, it's sometimes you do it instinctively. And it's good to know that it's a tool that is something to consider. But Here's a funny thing. So I was talking to Lori Gottlieb, you know, she wrote that hugely best-selling book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. She writes a column in Atlantic Magazine. She has a podcast, Dear Therapist, and she counsels a lot of couples. And she was saying that with this one couple, um, when they were fighting, she said, okay, you have to lie down on the floor so you're touching from top to bottom. Oh my god! So you're lying next to each other like sardines, yeah. like so that you're touching, maximum touching. I thought this was funny because, first of all, it's all that touching. So you've got the value of touching. And then I thought, I'm just trying to imagine the physical experience of yelling at someone while you are you are lying flat on the floor. I just feel like you couldn't do it. Right. I feel like it's almost impossible. She said it's true. Like when people start to yell, like they will rise up and you're like, no, no, no. You've got to oh, lie down. That's funny. 
Isn't that funny? It's just incompatible. Yeah. And I'm just thinking with the touch, it's also good for the person doing the touching because say you yep. are angry, touching the person you love can remind yes. you that you love them and yes. to be yes. more gentle maybe depending on what the conversation is. No, you're, exa you're exactly right. It flows both ways. Yeah. And, and this is a thing often we think that we act because of the way we feel. But in fact, research shows we feel because of the way we act. So if you act in a loving, tender, gentle way, you will begin to have more gentle, loving, tender thoughts. Because sometimes people are, wait, well, I'll wait and behave that way when that's how I feel. It's like, no, consciously change your actions, which is much more within our conscious control, what our actions are and then your feelings and emotions follow. So you're exactly right. This might work better on the person deciding to do it, even than right. on the person receiving it. Either way, yes, it's a great try this at home to just have in your toolkit. Yes. And once again, this is a thing for home, never for the workplace. Yes, yes, this is a, a appropriate welcome touch. Yeah, absolutely. So let us know if you do try this at home and how using touch when talk is tough works for you. Let us know on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to happiercast.com. This is episode 425. So it's happiercast.com slash 425 for anything related to this episode. Coming up, Gretchen has a dressing room happiness hack. But first is break. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. Okay, Gretch, it's time for this week's happiness hack. And this is something that once you said it to me seemed obvious, but I never would have thought of it. Okay, I'm so excited about this hack. All right. So on the subject of touch. When I was writing Life in Five Senses, I started out by thinking that touch was one of my neglected senses. And if you want to know your neglected sense, you can just go to GretchenRubin.com slash quiz and we'll tell you your neglected sense. So I thought I did neglect touch. It turns out I'm wildly attentive to touch. Mm. I'm so sensitive to touch and I had no idea. So that just shows you how up in my head I was. So... I was looking in my closet and in my drawers, as I do sometimes, and I was like, why is it that sometimes I buy clothes that I think that I like, but then I never end up wearing them, right? This is the big question. Mm -hmm. Why do we like something enough to buy it, but then somehow we never feel like putting it on? And I realized that there was a whole class of things that I would buy because I liked the way they looked 
but then I didn't wear them because I didn't like the way they felt. Mm. In particular, there were all these polished cotton button-down blouses that I thought looked great, and yet I never wanted to put them on. And I realized it's because I don't like the way they felt. So why did I buy them? Well, and this makes sense, just in general, in human nature, we are hardwired. We, we have more wiring for sight. It takes up more real estate in the brain. And when there is a conflict among senses, sight usually trumps. Here comes the hack. I realize that for me, I'm in a dressing room. I'm trying something on. I like the way it looks. Sight trumps touch. I buy it. Then I get home. And then over time, I'm like, ooh, I don't like the way that feels. So my hack is now, and I just did this recently, when I go into a dressing room and I'm thinking about buying something, I take a minute, I close my eyes, and I just move my mm -hmm. body around and feel it. Is it feel stretchy? Does it feel stiff? Is there something about it that is turning me off or do I like the way it feels? Is it too heavy? Is it scratchy? Because too often I've bought something that looked good, but then in the end, the touch will prevail. The sight will trump in the moment, but then in the end, I, if I don't like the way it feels, I won't wear it. Well, I think this is a great hack. I am going to start doing this when I try things on because I know I've done the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's just so easy. Just take a minute, shut your eyes and really think about it. And this is probably true for shoes too, because how often oh. do you buy oh, a pair of shoes? Yes, that, for shoes. Yeah, and you're like, you just convince yourself because you love them. And then you're like, oh, I can't, I can't even put them on for 20 minutes. Yes, yeah. shoes, definitely. Yeah, you're walking around in the shoe department. So anyway, and I just used it the other day. I think the trick of this one is remembering to do it right. when you're in the dressing room, but but it works really well. So I'm very excited. Easy, free, and useful, Gretchen. It will save money. <laughs> Say It actually saves you money. Yes, that's right. Yes, exactly. And now a deep dive into answers for questioners. Back in episode 422, we had two questions from questioners related to aspects of being a questioner. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. And there you can take the four tendencies quiz and find out all about the four tendencies. But we got really great answers for these questioner dilemmas. Yeah. So um, this is regarding how to handle the annoyance of being frequently questioned by family members. So Shelby said, a bit of advice for your listener who hates fielding questions from her mother and grandmother. Curate your own highlights reel. List three to five current events in your life that you wouldn't mind other people knowing about and offer them up to your mom and grandmother before they start peppering you with questions. So when they do ask, so what's new, you can respond, let me give you my highlights reel. Note that highlights don't have to be big. It could be that you're trying a new shampoo or that you visited a new part <laughs> of your neighborhood recently. My wife and I often include silly bird spotting in our highlight reels. You could also include stories about others' successes in your highlight reel, as long as you know the person is comfortable with you sharing. For example, a highlight could be, I talked to Betty this week and she just announced she's getting a promotion. Highlights don't always have to be about you. If they continue to ask questions or nag for answers, you can set a gentle boundary by saying, well, I already gave you the highlights reel for this week. You'll have to wait till next time when I've got some new highlights to share. I love this idea. I think this is a great idea because 
It's giving them that engagement and that update that they're craving. And it's giving you a way to shape it so that you're giving what you want. You're not just responding. And and it is, it's kind of a funny, gentle way to be like, well, wait till next week. Yeah. It's elegant. And it's it's also polite. It's not snarky. It's not resistant. It allows you to do it in a way that feels right for you. Yeah. And then, Gretchen, a listener who prefers to remain anonymous had advice for the questioner um, issues with arbitrary deadlines and billable hours. We had someone who was frustrated at work over these arbitrary deadlines and billable hours. So this listener says... As a former practicing lawyer and current law firm administrator and full-fledged questioner, I had to roll my (laughs) eyes a bit at the associate who thinks the billable hour is arbitrary and that deadlines are arbitrary. As a questioner, I do understand it's annoying for a partner to say something is due Monday and then not look at it until Friday for sure, but I totally agree with the spirit of Liz's answer. Maybe it's not about you and maybe it's not arbitrary. Your supervisor has other deadlines, cases, pressures, and emergencies they need to plan for, and their schedule may pivot, and clients like efficient service. And the more you finish one thing, the more you can get on to the next and make more money. This is a business, and that is the goal. Sure, if it's overboard or obnoxious, once you've proven your reliability, have a conversation to see if you can have more leeway but have the boss and client in mind. As an associate, it's really not about you. When you are the partner and person the client calls and managing others' work, then you can make those business and economic decisions. I suspect they won't feel so arbitrary then. And as for the billable hour, it is not arbitrary, it is economics. Again, imagine you run the show. Your hours times your hourly rate add up to your production and cover your salary, benefits, overhead, firm profit margins. They may be annoying, but they're not arbitrary. They are the meat of how law firm economics work. Thinking like a future owner rather than an employee may help along the lines of where Gretchen went. It's not only the game you have to play, it's the game for a reason. How a shareholder and owner of a business has to think. In my humble questioner opinion, this questioner needs to do some research to ask the why. They need to question and listen and not just assume and might feel much differently. They still may not like it, but how a firm pays their salary is far from arbitrary in the firm's eyes. Oh, well, this is interesting. So again, it's like what seems arbitrary and inefficient to you might look very different from somebody else's vantage point. So put yourself in their shoes and see if it starts to make sense. Yes. And it sounds like this person has run into this this objection before, <laughs> you know, that like people saying like, why do we do things this yes. way? This doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> yes. it's like, they've given oh, yes, a lot of does. thought to this <laughs> answer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And as a questioner, they probably don't like being asked that question, but they're willing to give the answer. That's great. Yes. That's great. Well, it reminds me of the proverb that you never take down a wall until you understand why it was put up. And you never leave a gate open if you found it closed. It's like you don't try to change a system until you understand why a system was the way it was, or you know you might get yourself into a big pickle. So yeah. 
These were great answers to both these questioner questions, which come up very frequently among questioners sort of in different contexts. So that's very, very helpful. Yes. Those were listener answers. Now for a listener question. This week's question is on theme. It is related to touch. Yes, this comes from Peter. He says, I have a question about a family dynamic that's causing some strife. My wife and I have one daughter who is four years old. We're very close to my wife's sister's family who have two kids who are eight and 10 years old. We live within a few hours drive of each other and we all get along great. The problem is the family's two dogs. They are friendly, but they bark constantly, race around, and jump on people. My daughter is terrified of them. My sister and brother-in-law know this, and before we come over, they always promise we'll keep the dogs out of the way, but somehow the dogs are always getting loose. I suspect that this may be on purpose, or at least they're not trying very hard. I think they think my daughter should get over this fear and that if she's around their wonderful dogs, she'll relax. I think this is really the wrong way to handle it. At home, a neighbor has an elderly dog who's very quiet, and my daughter has worked up her courage around him. She'll sit next to him and pat his fur. It's very sweet. But then when she's around those rambunctious dogs who jump on her and try to lick her face, it frightens her all over again, and I'm worried that at a certain point, she'll just stay scared of dogs. We could say to family members, we're not coming over to your place, but for a variety of reasons, that's not a good solution for us. What can I do to help them understand why I really wish they wouldn't do this? I kind of feel like maybe this person should just forward the email to them because it just... It sums it up. It sums it up and it's not very accusatory. It's like, I get where they're coming from, but this is why I don't think it's a good approach. It just... It just is very convincing. I'm totally yes. convinced. <laughs> yeah, I think really spelling out the issue as he's done here. Yeah. And then another thing is you might just need to get more assertive when you're there. And just as soon right. as the dogs are out, stand up and say, yeah. oh, the dogs are out. How can I help you get them back right. so she right. doesn't get too scared? I mean, you right. just have to kind of be aggressive. Well, and, and again, you don't want her to associate their house with being afraid. So part of it is... If you want loving family that's eager to come over, you that's also part of it is like you want their house to seem like a fun place that you're excited to go as yeah. a kid. But I Elizabeth though, I have to say, I think I'm I'm kind of guilty of a of a version of this. I think that when you do have a dog, you do excuse bad behavior in your own dog because you're sort of like, oh, my dog is so wonderful. I get it. I mean, if someone's like scared of a dog, or I will always say to people like, are you okay with dogs? This is making me realize that I think I need to show more consideration and just really be more aware of the fact. I mean, because Barnaby is not very well behaved. He doesn't jump up on people, but he'll come and he'll steal food off your plate. Right. And he'll come, you know, lurk around you or whatever. And so I want to be more sensitive to this, especially with little kids. Yeah, and Gretchen, I mean, for sure, our two corgis, Nacho and Daisy, uh, jump and bark. And we are trying to train them, but it is not easy. And definitely, I have also been guilty of this. So this is just a good reminder for all of us. Yeah. Well, and allergies. Allergies, too. Because, I mean, you and I, well, you're worse than I... I mean, we both have cat allergies, even though you had two cats, which I don't understand. But we have bad cat allergies, and sometimes people are sort of like, oh, my cat's so wonderful, you won't be allergic to my cat. I'm like, believe me, I will be allergic yes. to your cat. Like, let me know if there's a cat around, because then I have to be very careful not to touch my eyes, all this. And so, I mean, it's just this good reminder that when people are coming over, we just need to remember 
that not everybody experiences our pet the way we do. Yep. It is the truth. So good luck, Peter. Uh, listeners, I think this is probably something that comes up in a lot of different situations. If you have any solutions that have worked for you, let us know and we will share them because in kind of a lot of different variations, this is a common problem. For sure. Okay, coming up, Gretchen has a repeat demerit, but first this break. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And this week you are up with a happiness demerit. Repeat. <laughs> it's a repeat. And maybe it's actually, maybe this is something that's kind of like a stress tell where mm. it's like something that happens when I get stressed out because... So I will call this the scrap paper problem. Mm -hmm. So the scrap paper problem is that usually I keep a to-do list on a piece of paper and I have no problem with that. I really enjoy that. But at certain times, I will just start writing down things on scraps of paper or what's even worse on the back of a piece of paper. Mm. And so then it's like very dangerous because what if you throw that piece of paper away and you don't realize there's something on the back or you overlook something because you forget to flip it over and these things just grow and grow and grow. And then I, I feel overwhelmed because I'm just surrounded by these scraps of paper. And then I have to take time once I realize that I'm stressing me out and like recopy it all and everything. And it's just, I don't know why it's sort of just all of a sudden it'll just explode out of control mm -hmm. before I notice it. So I'm trying, I, 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 I want to just not get into this, but just keep the running list. And then I won't have to dig my way out of it. So I'm yes. hoping that by giving myself the demerit, I will consciously tailor my behavior 
better. Yeah. My issue, Gretch, is I will write down something on a page in a book I'm reading. Oh, And then yes. once the book is closed, oh, I don't know oh, what book, I don't know what page, I don't, I oh, mean, yeah. why am I thinking that's a good place? Or I write on a script and- Oh, same problem. I mean, same problem. It's just, so I feel you. No, it's like, it's like, oh, here's this piece of paper right in front of me. I'll write this yeah. very important phone number right here. And then it's like, you flip the page and it's like, could be anywhere. Yeah. Okay, well, it's something to work on. Elizabeth, what is your gold star? Take us up. Well, I am giving a gold star to Jack, my son, my 13-year-old, um, this week for... Okay, well, let me explain. His whole class went on a trip to Washington, D.C. Amazing trip where they saw all the monuments and went to all the museums. But I'm giving him a gold star because he was so nervous, understandably, yeah. before the trip for many reasons. It was very anxiety-producing for him. But he went on the trip. He had a great time. He managed sort of all that it meant to be on a trip without any parents. Of course, there were a lot of chaperones, but none of the parents yeah. were there. And he was very responsible. We had given him money for the trip. He spent it very responsibly. And he had an amazing time. And I'm just so proud of that sort of developmental moment. Sure. He said at one point he um, got shaved ice and sat under the cherry blossom trees and thought about life oh, oh. in an existential way. And I thought, I mean, that's so great. So all the kids yeah. did great. Nobody got in trouble. Oh. They all, I think, I mean, had an amazing time. So gold star to him. And can I say gold star to all the chaperones? Because oh, uh, yeah. not easy sure. to take. Yes. An entire class of seventh graders to D.C. Oh, yeah. Gold stars all around. Well, that's a great milestone. That's yeah. a wonder he'll remember that for the rest of his life. Oh, he will. The resources for this week. You know what's coming. The book, Life in Five Senses, is about to hit the shelves. If you want information about the book, if you want to read an excerpt, if you want links to retailers, if you want the bonus offer, the five videos that you can get if you pre-order and so much more, go to hopyourcast.com slash five senses, and you will find so much there that will tantalize you <laughs> about the delightful subject of tapping into our five senses. So, Alyssa, speaking of books, what are you reading? I am reading The River by Peter Heller. And I'm reading Here's the Kicker by Mike Sachs. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Use touch when talk is tough. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That's how most people discover our show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, I haven't visited you at home since you've had two corgis. And so when I visit for my book tour, I'm very ex interested to see what the experience of your home is like with your two dogs running around. Oh, my gosh. Scratch. I feel like they're getting their behaviors going backwards. So um, oh. we're going to have to really try to keep them in control when you're here. You're going to... 
some high-pitched barking. Last time when I came, Nacho basically ate your deck chair. Yes, that's right. (laughs) I remember. Well, I can't wait. They're very cute. From the Onward Project. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.